0: punk theology that's right you're listening to the punk theology podcast hey hit that subscribe button the follow button the little heart button it would warm our little fucking punk hearts this is season two episode 27 talking a little bit about sin (laughs) and acceptance on the punk theology podcast today Titling this episode, Divorce, Jesus, and Gay Sex. This, oh, this is the good stuff. Bumping some modern punk rock. On tour now as we speak. You're listening to the Coat Hangers from the Punk Theology playlist on Spotify. Follow the band. Band 2, do it! Knock. Ah! See you on my Hi buddy. Hi buddy. Um welcome guys. We'll hey. back. Uh how was your Easter? <laughs> yep. I haven't done a show since before Easter.
1: It was good. I went up to Whitby. It was nice.
0: Yeah? Um. I had to meet my stepmom when I was seven. <laughs> And it was weird.
1: Yeah. It's still, it's <laughs> definitely weird. Yeah. there's definitely, yeah. It's still it's weird. It's super weird.
2: Did you go to church?
1: No. No. Yeah, my dad was over, so we took my dad and his wife. It was a little bit weird having my dad in town. That's the first time I've really seen him since he got married. Mm-hmm. Uh, It's the first time I really spent much time with his new wife. But she's pretty cool. Yeah, that's cool. She's very, you can tell she's just kind of a, giving self, self-sacrificing person which yeah. I hadn't I hadn't really spent any time with her so that was kind of a relief to
3: she kept doing the dishes
1: behind her back which was cool yeah and
3: just and then
1: me and my dad put up a bunch of posts for a fence and uh and she didn't have anything to do so she just kind of hung out around the house and went and did her own thing but she seemed very happy with that and more than willing to wasn't grumpy at all about the fact that that uh, I was taking out time with my dad, so yeah, that's yeah,
0: cool. It was good. So she's actually not a totally self-absorbed person. No, she <laughs> seems kind see of like letting your your dad have a relationship with his son. Right. That's no, pretty. She cool. seems
1: very accommodating. Yeah. So How long have they married? been married? Uh, they married in August.
0: Nice. And you like her, which is yeah.
1: good. Again, I didn't really know that I realized I liked her until this week. Yeah. But.
0: Your dad's kind of, is your dad still uh, kind of like uber religious? or? He's in an interesting or?
1: spot. Honestly, him getting remarried has derailed some of that stuff, which has oh, been cool. interesting to watch. Yeah. He's just softer in general because the church came down on him. Mm. Um, and uh, his pastor basically said, you know, my dad wanted his pastor that he's, Kind of this church for forever to to marry them, and he said he wouldn't. And my dad was like, "Wait a minute! Like you accept people that are re- about to be remarried into your church? Mm-hmm. You accept people that are remarried into your church? But you don't want to like it's not it's like you just don't want to be there." When it actually happens, all right. like why and why is that? And I was, well, it's obvious. It's because it looks bad, <laughs> and the pastor doesn't want to look bad. Yeah, like that's what. Escaping. Hey. Yeah, that's all, so it, that's all it comes down oh, to. Man. Is I got to protect my image.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah but so, he, that's honest. jeez but what do yeah. expect that from a pastor?
1: Well, no, that's not like a pastor. <laughs> no, I don't think <laughs> the pastor said
2: <laughs> any of that. It's my dad. Oh, said. That's what your dad's analysis yeah. was. Yeah. So, yeah.
1: but that and that's softened him quite a bit, just on the because yeah, it used to. I mean, I remember being, like, eight or nine and him talking about, like, if you get divorced, you can't ever get married again. It says so in the Bible. Yeah, Fuck yeah. My life. sister was like that when
4: I went to Pittsburgh after I got divorced, and I was, she asked about some stupid thing, like, how I was doing, and kind of alluded towards, like, dating or whatever. And I was like, oh, yeah, no, I'm not ready to mm-hmm. date. Like, I'm still dealing with my divorce, and... She, like, looked at me kind of funny, and she's like, oh, no, like, you you misunderstood. Like, you can't get remarried. I'm like, fuck off. Like, yes, I can.
2: <laughs> there is a clause for marital unfaithfulness, some say. that. Yeah, know. and, there, and yeah, she right. has a,
4: a fucked-up interpretation of that that's it, inaccurate. It, yeah. It, so it's, it's a, still thing. a
1: people that are married say to keep themselves in their miserable marriage. <laughs> right? Like, this is it. <laughs> this is my only shot. I'm trapped. <laughs> like, I... And no more, no more happiness after this. Like I'm not even going to give myself the option thinking of thinking that uh, things might turn out better. I like what so.
0: John brought up. The, we were talking about homosexuality, which has always been my thing with with the church and how how most, I'd say, a good 90 percent of evangelical churches in this country. Don't allow not gay right people for, for to be in leadership or anything like that. Like right we, 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 I don't hate gay people. Like they'll say that, right? Mm-hmm. I don't hate gay people. We love gay people. Gay people can come in. It's fine. Everyone's they welcome. just can't. They can't.
2: They're less than. Yeah,
0: they're less. Uh, than. They can't even lead a community group or something like we that. We love
2: gay people
1: on paper. We love That's what it is. <laughs> oh, no, We love. We love yeah. Oh yeah. What's How many gay that people that are in church? None. Yeah. How many people come? Gay people come to visit. None. So which it's are the so gay people are?
2: that you love? Yeah, yeah. We love yeah. black people. They just have to sit in the back. <laughs> <laughs> this is, this is the Mormons. They have to move this to the, the back. Of only, and the people. we love them though. That could be, we, <laughs> it's what it is. They're fucking. Look, we even give class. them the own bathroom. They're second class citizens. <laughs> yeah. We love them where they're at, and they're stuck in the back.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but to be fair, and, and to be fair, from a certain lens, the, the Bible's not comfortable with it. If you just take it at face value, uh, right. if you just take it at face value right. and you don't explore it, because the people that are comfortable with it, they're applying a different hermeneutic altogether. They're completely applying a different hermeneutic. Uh, uh, her- hermeneutic, the uh, yeah, yeah. art and science of <clears throat> interpreting the Bible. So that's like where the conversations cross. But yeah, from just like a simple reading, I could see how one would be. Well, not comfortable with it because the Bible, because Paul, you know. So, right. S-
4: Steve, you are the only person in here that is uh, allowed to marry people, I guess, or capable
3: of doing it. Would you marry homosexuals or.? It'd be case by case. I couldn't say point blank, but I, either way, I'd have to talk to them. Two gay virgins, or, you know, maybe. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'd I probably be the same way as is, is marrying two heterosexuals. Yeah. you know I'd have to talk to them
2: are they living in sin?
3: I don't <laughs> no, I wouldn't pull do it it's just talking with them and seeing where they are you know, yeah. just getting to know them uh, would they be willing to just see somebody that some um, can practically uh, counsel to their choosing I'm not going to choose anybody for them but just because it's just it's such a it's such a minefield the, the, marriage is a minefield and mm-hmm. if you go in unprepared, you're You'll be totally surprised.
1: Does anybody go into marriage
3: prepared? Nope.
1: <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Well, so I'm going prepared, more
3: prepared I guess, than I wish, I wish at 24 I'd had some hey heads
2: up. On what would you just wish? Um, what what would someone have been able to tell baggage you? Baggage that you're both
1: carrying. in. That's a good question. What? That's a really good question. What well, if? What would you tell your 24 year old self now that they should have known? But they should know before I it. Oh edit. man, that's a good question.
2: Yeah. I didn't realize it when I asked it. <laughs> it's, it's, for me, it's easy. It's just run. run. <laughs> okay. right. yeah. Yeah. Don't, a mere, sign don't, don't, in. don't, don't <laughs> marry a lesbian.
3: <laughs> <Man>.
1: <laughs> oh, shit. What were you going to say to her? Oh, no, I'm, just I'm sorry. La- no, don't be sorry. I'm just. It laughing.
0: also it, it has thing. to do with the the level of consciousness you're at at that age too. I think that's a big part of it. Like I met I met this woman once who said I thought this was funny. She goes, she goes, I couldn't marry a man with a small penis, <laughs> and she and she was fucking serious. Like she was really serious. Like I couldn't marry a man with a small dick because it just wouldn't work out. And then and then she went a step further and said, I don't care if he's an ex con. Yeah. As long as he doesn't have a small dick. You know, if he can fuck and he can do it good, then I'm I'm in. But if he can't, then I'm out. And I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't know think you want to base a relationship <laughs> on that,
1: right? Like, that's a really... It sounds like you just want to get fucked.
2: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, it's interesting, like, what what you're saying, because I I married well. Like, if there's one decision I made well, it was I married really well. And the secret to... And there's no secret. It's It just is. Like, I, I couldn't, like tell you to or recommend to a young person hey replicate what I did but but if I were to like have a conversation with my son it's like be friends yeah be friends with your wife enjoy hanging out with her enjoy like doing things with her enjoy being with her doing nothing be friends and of course the you know the 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 chemistry the attraction is important as well like the, the, i think those are the two main things maybe have similar values as well like maybe those three things is what i would say but the friendship thing is is foundational but you know even like uh, oh say someone is going through a hard time in their marriage because maybe they went into marriage with some naivete maybe they had some christian values and they abstain from sex until marriage, or they didn't have sex with the person they were going to marry, and then they get married, and the chemistry's not there, or the sex isn't—it's less than what you were expecting. I, I, I got to be honest; like I'm at a place where, um, and I'm kind of taking off some of that, that, uh, that former, like way of thinking and believing in, in terms of like. A, a Christian worldview in, in that traditional sense of wait till you're married. Cause I think there's some merit to try before you buy. I mean, I think there's some merit to that. Honestly, know that you have chemistry. Know that I think you can tell though that you have chemistry without having sex. You could dry hump. Sure. But
4: <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. what <clears throat> what I'm trying to figure out is how to explain to my children that not necessarily wait till you get married to have sex, but the weight through that honeymoon stage of meeting someone. Like, yeah. You know, it's like get through that high of...
1: we tell the oxytocin or <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then
4: it's, okay, now you can see red flags if there are any. Yeah. yeah. And regardless the of the sex or not, the red flags are going to be there, but yeah. it's a lot harder to... Yeah. Yeah, there's something to the energy. Walk away from the red
2: flags or the other person. Or the red flags deal breakers kind yeah. of thing. Yeah.
1: I think I'd tell myself, so I'd just tell myself to invest in my emotional intelligence earlier. Mm. I think that's probably the biggest thing. Mm. Was Because there's a lot of shit that would have been a lot easier if I just wasn't so so stuck go being get a help. fucking badass yeah. all the time. Yeah. yeah go deal with your shit. Yes, uh, exactly. Communication He'll honesty. thank me.
2: Communication honestly. Yeah.
3: What are you feeling? And asking myself, what am I feeling? Mm -hmm. You know, am I getting in this for the security? Am I getting into this because I enjoy being with you, regardless of what happens? As a twenty-four-year-old, you have no idea what better or worse is going to be. Yeah. So why even say that? Right. Honestly. Yeah. yeah, The other thing too. It's almost laughable. All
1: those. You know, even the concept of when you're that age. Four years is a long time. Yeah. And 60 years is completely uncomprehensible. Mm-hmm. You cannot imagine what it's like to do something for 60 years. And, but, oh, I'm going to do it.
0: Yeah. Okay. It's hope. You're going right. in really, really hopeful. Right.
2: I was listening to a podcast where someone, I forget what it was, but um, this person was talking about Buddhist asceticism and being a Buddhist monk. And because Buddha's there's kind of this concept of reincarnation, or this life isn't the only life. It's like they're not hung up on. If you commit to being a monk, you're not. You don't have to do it for life. So this guy's like, yeah, I knew a guy that was a monk for like a month. You know, <laughs> and then he, he stopped being a monk. But like, just so he could tell his friends at the bar. <laughs> I was a, I was a Zen monk once I got, with a stick, but 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 contrast that. It, great. It, it, he was contrasting that with with. Um, monks in the, in the Christian tradition where monastics are, that's for life. That's a vow for life. And, yeah. Now, now apply that to marriage. It's like, you know, like we do this, we make these commitments for life when you don't know what your life's going to be like, or like you're saying, Steve, <laughs> when you're 24, what do you know? It's just kind of interesting how we do that. Like, Maybe that's the
0: topic too, is, is acceptance. Like what does acceptance look like? What does it really mean to go for the long haul? in a relationship like, like Why Why go through the long haul at all? Yeah. Like, I yeah. mean, I'm, I'm asking. I think that because you grow together... What if you don't? A lot of if people... If you don't, are. then, then yeah, there's there's something going on between the two people. Mm-hmm. Why go through it? Because having sex with yourself sucks. I don't know. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> there's technology now, Chuck. <laughs> um, <laughs> there's pleasure it's, yeah, yeah. it's getting... It's getting more advanced. <laughs> yeah, but you still have to do all the work. It's funny that you know, John and I were having a conversation with a guy and he was talking about you know like banging chicks and stuff like that and and John John goes, At what point are you just using someone else's body to masturbate? <laughs> no? And I thought that was so good. That's so true though. Yeah. Cause it's not it's not really real unless that person it's not that they're committed to you for life, but there's some kind of connection and acceptance and i want you you want me we were hopeful that this thing moving forward is gonna kind of work out we don't know but we accept each other and that makes like you know makeup sex is so much better than just normal sex when you when you actually have some kind of conflict and you work it out and then you come together and you're all ripping each other's clothes off is way better than ripping each other's clothes off for the fact that you have animal sex right there,
2: there, there's there's something to be said for pair bonding and i'm 100% for pair bonding but either people grow together or people grow apart and when they grow apart they either stay together or they separate right. and the question is when people stay together when they've grown apart why yeah. and it's mm-hmm. usually because of a value system yeah. or, or they or just comfortable. become roommates it's, it's, it's yeah it's, 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 comfortable. it's yeah, yeah. comfortable yeah, yeah.
0: They become roommates. Like, I'm well, covered so,
2: with those roommate situations. Some of those pragmatic questions. Um, yeah. There's a safety aspect to it. Huh. Like the There's kids, a, the child
1: support. But that There's kind of the, goes to... I got on Tinder and they're all threes and fours. Right? Aspect to it. <laughs> well, it's, Except for the,
0: the hookers that are fishing was, for John. I
1: mean,
2: when I was going through my divorce, it was scary as hell. Oh, yeah. God. I can't imagine. Yeah, no doubt, dude. But then it's also weird, like... Oh, my, like my mother-in-law is is uh, is remarried to a high school sweetheart after being married to my father-in-law for geez, I, how many decades? Like four decades, and uh, now she's you know it's weird. Like she's all happy and just like it's just a different life. I, I, I'm uh, I'm friends with like a, a college professor on uh, I had I'm friends with him on social media. I don't interact with him that much, but he was like probably my favorite professor in college. Pictures of him floating around. He's got a new wife. It's like, what the fuck? Like you're in your sixties, you got a new wife. That like Derek's talking about his dad. It blows my mind. Like, how do you just do that?
0: But Is she like twenty five. No, she, <laughs> okay. she's older. Um, That'd be weird.
2: But uh, but just just like like you don't want to imagine like. different life but yet it happens and it's horrifying to imagine but people do it
0: It, I'm not judging that by the way no I know I'm just like it's one of those weird things (laughs) (laughs) but going back to what we're talking about with with divorce and and gay people in the church I think that the the acceptance thing is where the definition of sin becomes about behaviors right and and that's what you said in the last episode, the episode before, you were talking about how sin, like homosexuality isn't sin based on how, like Luther would define it as, like Luther defines sin as the self kind of growing in and caving in on the self, right? I think about like a rodent who doesn't gnaw on things and its teeth grows back in the back of its head and it dies. <clears throat> that's kind of the the idea of how how well, sin is Jared In spiritual term. Jared Bias, the most recent uh,
2: podcast of the Bible for Normal People, normally hosted by Pete Enns and, and Jared Bias, but it, it's really good. He's kind of unpacking some of this. And when St. Paul is talking about all these actions of immorality for which the wrath of God is coming, and by the way, historically, when when the church thought of the wrath of God, it wasn't like an external thing. It was like built into just like the natural flow of life. You're going to be miserable. Yeah. It's like I, I had this conversation with my priest once, like, like, like trying to understand this and kind of trying to detox from my Protestant worldview a little bit. And, 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 and basically broke it down like, okay, it's like this. You drink a fifth of vodka every night. You're predestined to get liver disease. It's just built into the fabric of, of it, but it's right. not some external lightning bolt coming from the sky sort of thing. It's, not, yeah. it's just in the natural flow of life. But when St. Paul's warning of these things, he's doing so, well, he's talking about divorce, or, because divorce was a problem where a man would leave his wife and the woman wouldn't be cared for. Yeah. You know, that, that was a problem. In, in the first, first century. century. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah, and yeah. that's why widows were so no alcoholic. Widow- yeah, right. they going to take care of the widows and orphans, you know. Um, so divorce was strong on, on the radar, but so was homosexuality, but it wasn't seen as a cultural norm for it to be monogamous or something. So if we applied St. Paul's words like warning against immorality, which is still a thing, I mean, mm-hmm. you could be a debased, immoral person, but we're. If we apply his words to our cultural norms, it looks different because you can't have two people of the same sex that are attracted to each other and can have a cohesive, loving, uh, monogamous relationship. Then why not honor that? Because that is within our cultural norms
0: right, right. sort of thing. But then there's where Jesus, Matthew 5, Derek and I were talking about that, where, where Jesus is almost like looking at the Pharisees and going, so you think this is about behavior okay well it's let's go it's let's break it down let's break down murder alright you think you're a good person because you haven't killed anybody well you know if you say fuck you in traffic you've murdered somebody as far as I'm concerned you look at a woman with lust in your heart you know and that's that that idea of you know demonstrating absurdity by being absurd Upping the anti like how many how many devout Christians are walking around with one eye missing or a hand right like we're not fucking doing that because oh, like he was because it's, it's it's Jesus yeah.
1: said that, not Paul too. I know Jesus
0: said that too. No, Jesus, and it's and it's just it's stuff. facing that kind of thinking that says that oh this is all about behavior, like the behavior is the symptom of something else going on under here, and it may or may not be. How how do you get to that? What's underneath there? Well, I think that the topic of acceptance is is really what we're talking about really like how do you accept someone and all their shit I, I think it's really difficult to accept someone who doesn't <clears throat> deal with their shit because they're all constantly faking and they're constantly and I think
3: that's why
1: I think that's the point of the behavior focus yeah is bad behavior is bad because it traps you from dealing with your shit all right so that's that's because you fixated on something that just kind of keeps you going it props you up gives you a crutch and you just keep doing what you're doing and it gives you a, just enough distance from your shit that you never have to actually deal with it right so that's why that be ultimately that's why pretty much every behavioral problem is a problem is because it it is a little bit of a crutch that just gets you through to the next day we're still fucking c- crippled as usual right but and you but you can at least ignore your your shit right it's like having a a torn ligament and just taking ibuprofen every <laughs> time. <Right>. Yeah,
0: yeah. <coughs> I'm fine, right? <laughs> fine. And maybe that's what we're talking about too—is not accepting yourself. Like, if you can't accept yourself, how are you supposed to bring that into a relationship? I remember when I was in twelve step. Like, all the the language in recovery was like this. Like, somebody in, in the group would want to start a relationship, and there was this funny little little thing that I think Bill W. said it years ago. He said. Uh, he said, "If you want to get, if you're in recovery and you want to get in a relationship, he says, do these two things: buy a plant and a pet. And if one of those two things are still alive at the end of a year, then you could get in a relationship." I thought that was funny because it demonstrates it's not if you're if, you're if you're if you're yeah if you're, if you're if you're if you accept yourself and love yourself, you're able to care for something else. for something else outside of yourself. But if you're not, then you're just constantly trying to kill the pain or feed the fucking demons or whatever it is, right?
4: Well, there is something to it outside of recovery. <clears throat> um, so I started end of August, early September dieting, weight loss, mm-hmm. bullshit.
0: You look good, but I mean. You look super good. I've always, Z- looked,
4: I've always looked good. There's just <laughs> less of me to love now.
3: I know, there is. Um,
4: it I've always off and on on stupid dieting plans or working out or whatever, and finally I just accepted myself, mm-hmm. and then I started isn't doing that, this. Isn't that interesting? And how and that works? Seventy pounds later, here I am. You accept yeah. yourself, and then yeah. I mean, I was would have been perfectly content with living where I was,
1: and that's, that's a super tragic thing about humanity. God, <laughs> Is especially when it comes to social things, like nobody wants to be around somebody that really, really, really needs social interaction. Mm. and that's just fucking brutal <laughs> like yeah. the people that need social interaction the most just suffer the most because nobody wants to be around them <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's, it's a fucking curse ah, 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 it's like social media right. It's it's so a right. social media thing right like will you be my friend like no no, no, no. no. And, and, and. click that little bell icon and then you get the bell going off that's an emotional kind of a on that note, hit subscribe. For... <laughs> subscribe to our podcast. We'll be your buddy. friends from a distance, and that's right. talk to you. <laughs> if you would like to talk to us, us, please write. Accept us. We feel send bad us if money. You don't.
4: Send us money. Send us Good. money. <laughs> you can be a patron, same too.
0: Hey, this thing does cost money, though. <laughs> uh,
2: I think that's the work, and it's a lot of work. And probably the second half of life is learning how to love yourself. Yeah. And stop trying to...
0: Second half of life, fuck.
2: Well, the first half of life... I was trying just to trying destroy to get myself yeah. as a teenager. I mean, How much drugs can I do I I've been listening to too much out? Brene Brown and Richard Rohr. <laughs> yeah. a lot of midlife kind of language that, uh, that resonates with me. is like yeah. I'm 40-something, honestly. But, um, But at the same time, like... The, your first half of life you're trying to get your sea legs you're trying to you, and it relatively works with the with the level of relationships you have and at the level that they're at it works relatively well where you right. can be validated by the externals and the systems that you have yeah it's not until later where it doesn't work anymore Is that one crave certainty when we're younger you think oh probably yeah, it, it works give me the answers man you know what else works what's that a gram and a half of mushrooms <laughs> That's a small. <laughs> it works for speaking, a little while. It's guaranteed <laughs> to it work for a
0: couple of weeks.
2: Yeah, yeah. or longer. Because <laughs> uh, two and a half dropped me into whoa, but <laughs> but well, yeah, no, I, I don't deny that that, um, that psychedelics uh, could be a means to to maybe reveal some things or put you in touch with something that wasn't connecting. I, I think that absolutely can happen couple yeah. of
1: times in the last couple of EMDR sessions, I've been like, man, I just, I want to do mushrooms and just get this over with, because it feels like, like, I just can't quite get there. There's something in the way. Something's missing. I want something to just force me, like, shove my face into the shit and not let go. And then, yeah, because right now I just keep pulling back. Yeah. Involuntarily. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've definitely had moments of, like, man.
4: I'm thinking but, of going to White Raven again. Mm-hmm. Or, well actually going to Anchorage this time.
1: Do we sound like a bunch of self-help fiends? Sometimes. I don't quite think so. I'm okay with
2: that, though. I don't quite think so, because it's not like... That's another flavor to me. I, I don't know. Like Maybe not self-help, but just... Self-exploration's there, I think. Yeah. Self-analysis is there, and this desire for healing. Um... Well I was gonna say is like there's a time in your life where the externals work. They're validating. Uh, the, the your your friends, the, the church, maybe the level your your marriage is at, it's not until later where, hey, this isn't this is breaking down. And and then you realize that you know, you go to your therapist, you go to your pastor, like, hey, fill me up, I'm empty. That doesn't work. You know, you gotta Dig a well and have it spring up from within. That's where you got to go. Yeah. Alan
1: Watts describes it as the first half of your life is just trying to get stable. Yeah, get to a point where where everything can kind of just be okay, and you have some safety nets and stuff. And the second half of life is just getting ready to die. Which mm. <laughs> is a dark way of putting it. God, but that's man. kind of
0: the. I don't know, man. That's that's one of the things about trauma. It's and, true. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> die wrong. <longer clears throat> there's there's like a lot of there's a lot of like Buddhist folks or kind of new agey folks who will say like oh there's an old soul for you right there like they'll look at a kid who seems to have some wisdom and they'll go oh that person's an old soul and my the kid's been fucked up yeah (laughs) my reaction to that is there's a kid who's been through some shit (laughs) yeah and they've had to grow up so some folks I think go through a midlife thing at at, in their twenties, just through some of the trauma they've been through, sure, and then they have to learn how quicker. to live. Like so, my my story is kind of like that. Like I'm 50 years old. I drive off like a fucking lift for a living. I never went to college. I, um, I do have dyslexia pretty pretty severely, but could I have applied myself better? Maybe, you know. But, um, accepting myself. I think at, at the place I'm at now is is realizing that everything kind of worked itself out the way it did and I and I don't get to control it. But it was more about me not just surviving but accepting who I am, like myself, that little kid in me, you know. Is well, why I'm alive. I <laughs> See but
2: but part of that and this is why I've been unpacking a bit is is uh I, it, it, the therapist I'm working with is kind of a trip. Like I really, I really like her. Like I really connect with her, but her approach is a bit different than a lot of, I I haven't had that many therapists in my life, like three or something, but, but, but she's, she's very, um, compassionate and and very nurturing, but there's this element of you are responsible for your happiness. No one else is, no one else can give it to you. You're responsible for your happiness. And what would your life look like if you stopped feeling sorry for yourself? (laughs) You know, like those sorts of questions, just kind of poignant, like, dude, come on. It's like, fuck. So I think sometimes in those circles, the language with self-acceptance can be a bit coddling, Mm -hmm. and I don't know if that's helpful. I mean, it it is helpful on some level for some introspection and to know where you came from, but you gotta you gotta get away from it after that. You right. can't just like stay there. And I gotta
0: again. continue to grow too, and not just oh well, this is just me. I guess I'm except I'm yeah. drinking a fifth of vodka. I'm just <laughs> gonna accept myself. I'm an <laughs> I'm alcoholic. <just> gonna, <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna accept myself.
2: Well, there, there is there, that that does come into play though. But like Chuck's saying, like for those people that, yeah, this is who I am. Yeah. Maybe that's where the healing starts.
0: That show, fucking Ricky Gervais, you turn me on. Oh yeah, after it was sort of that story, wasn't <laughs> it? It was interesting, and he he was a he was <coughs> an asshole, and he but a guy going through some pain, and and at the end of it, kind of like, oh, I get to live my life, and I get to be this person. Yeah. It's okay, and it's okay. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Well, and, and the other thing is, and he's an atheist, which I thought was interesting too. Yeah, A he's, very hopeful uh,
2: ending. I love that thing he has uh, toward toward the end, where you know his coworkers ask him if you're an atheist, then why don't you just go out and kill people? Like I murder every person I want to. You yeah. know how many that is? None. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, do, I do kill everyone I want to. I do have you know sex with everyone I want. to. Oh, maybe not yeah, sex, yeah. but but murder. You know. Um, Oh, so, I can't make that statement. (laughs) (laughs) You're in traffic today. I can't make that. I do not murder (laughs) everyone. But so, so I think, I think what happens when, when someone falls into despondency or like an anxiety state, and and this is something I've been, I've been exploring as well. Like, like just some insight is so much of your energy is spent focusing on negatives embracing yourself, you know, for something bad that could happen or seeing like all the worst case scenarios, all the angles, you know, da da da. And it's like what we know what we know and we know what we don't know. But the real space to live is is not knowing what you don't know. That's where the growth is. And that's the hardest place to live is also where the most growth is. So you can ruminate about any number of things that could happen to you and most of them don't. But here's the thing, like you could worry about your kids, they're going to, oh, I'm worried about her like this or like that. This could happen to her. That could happen to her. And A, most of it won't. B, even if it does. What are you
1: going to do about
2: right? it? Yeah, what are you going to do about it? And are you enjoying this person for the good things? Because right. the, the shoe's going to drop if it's going to drop. It's going to hurt. So at least have the sweet with the sour sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. And I don't think people do that when they're in the throes of suffering. In, in the throes of yeah. like. It this has person, a way of you know? clipping
0: your wings. Yeah, suffering does and trauma and. Well,
3: I think John, you touched on that last time we were talking about just enjoying the moment of being with your youngest daughter. Yeah. And being grateful, gratitude. Taking yeah. it in. Taking it in. Taking off the emotional and condom. Focus on gratitude.
2: I stopped well, meditating too, like probably about six months ago. Stop. And that, yeah. Mm. Because I realized, I found meditation to be extremely useful when I first started doing it for about six to eight months. It was just, oh my God, like where's this been all my life? And then it started, it, it started like an, like showing me some stuff, like some stuff started coming up and the grief started coming up and it was, oh shit, I need to go to therapy or something. And, and they don't tell you that all the people that, oh, meditate, mindfulness is like all trendy and you know, people do it now. There's there should be a warning that you, you might nurse some shit you know? yeah. <laughs> like you just might. And I feel like I did, but but as I tried to keep the practice going after that happened, and I did for quite some time, I realized I was just doing it to um, like is it was a coping mechanism. It was like like I'm doing it to relieve myself, and. I don't know if that's a good reason to do it. I think it's the reason why a lot of people start doing it, but it's not a good reason to keep doing it. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's why I had to get away from it. And ever since I got away from it, I feel better. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Oh.
0: For me, I found I found uh, meditation is it, part of it's doing my job. It's just it's just it's like the mindfulness guy who talked about sweeping, like the. The monk who's sweeping outside the monastery. Like that's meditation.
2: Well, yeah, that, that was my point bringing it up but like my like the example of my daughter is, or just being more present in body presence. People like to use that. Is you don't need a meditation practice to be present. You yeah, just, yeah. You just make an effort to just be present. Body. Be in your body. Be present. You know, yeah, be yeah. present, be here.
0: Like that show we did with Bill Murray. Did you hear uh, that? You weren't here. Oh, it's like a groundhog. But day we thing? started, no, we started the thing with a building. John
4: speaks for himself.
0: With regards <laughs> to what?
4: <laughs> <Uh-oh>.
0: Chuck's interjecting. <laughs>
4: <The clears throat> I think it's harder than most people think to just be present.
2: It is.
1: Yeah. It is. yeah. Get some muscle.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's got to be exercised. And sometimes there's a lot of shit in the way of exercising it. This thing is yeah. a really great
0: way but to escape to your but smartphone. But I also think too that
1: like
4: meditating helps exercise that muscle. It can, and for so sure. You yeah, don't yeah, need the, it long speaking for myself. No, yeah. I know. I'm, yeah, just, I'm not carte blanche. Yeah, everyone. No, yeah.
2: Fair, fair point. Very move, It, it can definitely it.
4: Just like depression it. medication. Yeah, absolutely. It's not long-term. It's short-term. Through. It's a crutch to help you get through mm-hmm. whatever yeah. it is. So Helps me. <laughs> or evangelical.
1: That sounds like a good place to land a plane. Good night, everybody. Amen, guys.
4: Ah, amen. amen. Oh, <laughs> if we're gonna land the plane horribly. We should look up what's that verse again. So, morning oh. church is like the same thing. I'm
2: starting to explore. It that. is, yeah, yeah. I think it is. I think it is. Think it is. Have you pushed it helped me.
0: Fuck no, nah. no. Nah. <laughs> we're, we're still going. going keep going. going. Yeah, me too. So, so. The, I'm gonna read the word. Some of it was kind of fucked up, but it was so need still to be respectful. Okay, we got to be respectful. Chuck's got on. his Bible. Yes, can we... Slash smartphone open. Stand?
2: Arthur's not here to cuss you. Can we put a right, hand Eze- over our heart?
4: Or? Ezekiel 2320. Ezekiel
2: 2517. <laughs> the path of a... Level. Okay. Sorry. That's a good
4: idea. <laughs> there she lusted after her lovers. Those, <laughs> oh, <no>. gen- <laughs> those genitals were like those of donkeys. And whose emissions was like that of horses.
0: <laughs>
3: He's going to play a wonderful game called Who is My Daddy and What Does He Do? That's a huge bitch!
0: Thanks for listening to Punk Theology. Don't forget to subscribe. Like to join us in having more ears hear this punk sound.
2: Please leave a review on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, or wherever you may hear this fucking podcast. Punk Theology is the property of Digital Audio Project, a limited liability corporation who is responsible for its content. Don't check it out!
1: What's
3: the matter? I have a headache.
1: It might be a tumor.
3: It's not a tumor. It's not a tumor at all. What I meant was, you tell me, who is your daddy and what does he do?